Hi everyone, welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. Recently, I came across a saying that goes, don't judge yourself by your past. You don't live there anymore. I thought these words made a great point because often we get stuck in our past, our past choices, our past hurts, our past mistakes. All of these can prevent us from moving forward into the future God has for us. Paul told the Philippian believers, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Today, we are going to talk about a woman who did just that. She forgot those things which were behind her and reached for the things before her, leaving everything she had ever known to follow a God she had only heard of. Her name is Rahab. I have to be honest, I love the story of Rahab. Her story grabs me every time because she was not perfect. She had so much baggage, but she did not let that hinder her from pursuing God. She did not let her past prevent her from coming to God and serving him with all that she had. So often we get wrapped up in our past. We let the shame of our previous choices keep us from embracing all that God has for us. He loves the broken because they are in need of healing and he delights in restoring that which is broken. Rahab's story is a great reminder to us that no matter how bad our past, no matter how many mistakes have been made, God still offers his love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness to us. That is the amazing, wonderful thing about our God, the God Rahab had heard about and was willing to risk everything to learn more. So let's find out more about this woman called Rahab the harlot. First, she is a woman of courage. Joshua is preparing to lead the nation in claiming the promised land, and their first target is the well-fortified city of Jericho. He decides to send two men to scout out the city. Have you ever wondered why Joshua felt it was necessary to scout a city God had already promised to them? In fact, the scout's mission would yield very little new information about the land or people, except to confirm that the Lord had prepared the way, as they hear how the hearts of the residents trembled when they heard what happened to the two kings of the Amorites and the crossing of the Red Sea, which is interesting if you think about it because... That happened decades earlier, yet they were still talking about it. While this was reassuring to hear, was it really worth risking your life to infiltrate the city of Jericho? But maybe it was not about the city or the upcoming battle. Maybe it was for them to find a woman who had great faith, who wanted more than anything to become part of a people who worshiped the one true God and was willing to do whatever it took. I love this thought because it reveals the heart of God that those who seek him don't do it in vain. He promises to be found, even if he has to send two spies to do it. In Joshua chapter two, it says that the spies went into the house of a harlot named Rahab. I am sure that there are other places they could have gone, but they decided to go into her home. Coincidence? I don't think so. God's hand was guiding them to the one who was ready to know God. Somehow she finds out that the king's men are aware that Israel has sent two spies and that they are staying in her house. She was a woman who was not afraid, not even of the king of the land. She immediately takes action and hides them in an area no one would think to look, on the roof under the flax. Rahab then tells the king's men that the spies were there, that she didn't know who they were, and that they had already left. But if they hurried, they would be able to catch them. Did she tell a lie? 
Absolutely. And this has been a topic of debate for years, and honestly, I don't have an answer. And truly, this is not the part of her story that I really want to focus on. No matter what, what she did took courage. The king's men could have come back and charged her with giving them false information. They could have even killed her for helping their enemy, but she was willing to risk it all to know more about the God of Israel. Her desire to know God outweighed her fear of man. Should we not have that same courage? We are told that we should not fear what man can do unto us. After all, it won't be men who give the final judgment. It's God. So we ought to live our life according to the things that please him and not men. To do what's right will often take courage because it is not always the popular option and that courage is rooted in the fact that our God is with us. So just like Rahab, we can be women of courage who bravely take a stand for what is right no matter the odds or the risk. Second, Rahab was a woman of faith. Once things settle down, Rahab goes to the men and offers them a way of escape. But before she lets them go, she has something to say. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt. And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. These are incredible statements for a woman to say who has only known pagan gods. Think about what she just said. I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Whose land is she talking about? The land she is standing on, her homeland, the land she grew up in, where her family had lived. She understood that it was no longer theirs, that it was getting ready to change hands. And she was okay with that because she also understood who was doing the giving. The Lord hath given you this land. Rahab realized who the true owner of the land was, and he had the right to give it to whoever he wanted. And that was the nation of Israel. She also admits that her people are absolutely terrified of them after they heard about the Red Sea and what had recently befallen the two kings, Sihon and Og, their hearts melted completely and their remaining courage vanished. But there was a reason for this. And it was not the fierce reputation of the Israel warriors, as much as the two spies might have enjoyed that thought. Rahab puts it in perspective. Listen to what she said to the men. All the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, for we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. Our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Both times fear was mentioned, it was in connection with the greatness of God and who he is. Rahab recognized that Israel was not great because of who they were, but because of their God. Let that sink in for a bit. Here is a woman who understands that God is the one true God. She who had never received one promise, never been fed by his hand daily, saw the pillar of fire that provided light. She had only heard of it and it was enough for her to believe. Wow, that is so convicting. We have so much more than she ever did. Yet how often do we struggle to believe, myself included? 
She was never promised that God would never leave her. She never read the words about what awaits those who love the Lord, but she didn't need it in order to believe. She accepted what she was told and believed with all her heart and acted upon it. There is something else I want to point out about her faith. It extended beyond herself. You might wonder what I mean by that, but just hold tight as I try to explain what I mean. Rahab had faith, a faith that led her to action, but it also created a place of refuge. Her home would be all that remained when the city fell. An entire city wall crumbled to the earth, but her section remained strong and all who stayed inside survived because of one woman's faith. It reminds me of the story of Noah. All eight inhabitants of the ark survived the world's worst disaster, but this place of refuge was offered to more than just the eight souls on board. Noah constantly preached a message of grace and mercy that was offered to all who would board. There are countless stories told today of believers who prayed during a crisis and all those who were with them were spared. Our faith is meant to reach beyond ourselves. It is meant to impact others. You have to think that there are some who witnessed those events and wondered about a God who heard and answered the plea of those who called upon his name. While many choose not to believe, there will be some who want to know more and will open their hearts to Christ. That is what we are called to do, to shine in the dark, to be the salt of the earth. Rahab's faith moved her to action and was a haven in the midst of a storm. May we be women who create little havens through our own expression of faith. Third, she was a woman of commitment. I think this is one of my favorite parts of her story. She was a woman who was completely dedicated to God and it showed by her actions. She saved the lives of these two spies, hid them and helped them escape. She knew that her world was going to change, that nothing would be as it was. And she was okay because she knew God was in control. She was committed to following him all the way, no matter if everything was taken away, which it nearly was. All that remained were her family members and whatever possessions were in their house. Once the city had been completely defeated, the two spies brought out Rahab and her family and left them outside of their camp before burning the city. She was now just outside the camp, only a short distance from the people she longed to join because they were under the love care, and protection of the God she desired to understand and serve. Rahab got her wish. In Joshua 6, verse 25, we are told, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot and her father's house and all that she had, and she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Nothing could prevent her from leaving these people. She had left all she knew, every former belief, and accepted wholeheartedly the God of Israel as her God. Nothing would ever sway her to return to the false gods of her people. May we be women like Rahab committed to our faith, to the work of the Lord, and that our actions would never leave a doubt who is our God. Fourth, she was a woman of influence. While Rahab's story ends in Joshua, her name will reappear several more times. She comes up in the book of James as well as Hebrews. James 2.25 says, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way? Her life was a testament and used as an example by James when talking about the importance of acting on our faith. She was someone who did not just say she believed, but was willing to risk it all to show her faith. A great reminder to us that faith is not just a word. It is an action. She is also mentioned in Hebrews 11:31. By faith, 
The harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not, when she had received the spies with peace. This is, of course, the chapter we call the Hall of Faith, a place where certain people were recognized for their faith, for the choices they made based on their faith. And Rahab is one of them that God chose to include. Imagine a Gentile woman was given such a place of honor. Her faith is pointed out that she made a choice to believe in God and her life was spared. But there is also another little influence that is not mentioned in the Bible outright, but I believe might have taken place, and that is her son. You see, she would get more than she ever desired. Not only would she dwell with the people of Israel after leaving Jericho, but she also married a man named Salmon. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it exactly. I always feel like I'm doing him an injustice since it kind of sounds like a fish, but that is my best guess. But this man was not just a regular guy. He was actually from a special lineage, the tribe of Judah. And in the direct line that would bring us our savior, Jesus, Rahab and her husband would have a son whose name is Boaz. And we all know that name. He would become the husband of my favorite character in the Bible, the inspiration for this podcast. But what makes this special is that Ruth was also a Gentile, a woman from a people who were regarded as the seed of iniquity, since they were conceived by Lot and his daughter. She was a woman looked down upon, except by Boaz, a man raised in part by a woman who understood what it was like to be an outcast but also exemplified an incredible amount of faith, something that her husband must have admired. He saw her as a woman he wanted to marry. He didn't judge her for her past, only her present. An example his son would follow years later when Ruth would show up at his field one day during the barley harvest. We too have a realm of influence and we may never know just how far it extends. Rahab had no idea her story would be recorded and told over and over again for thousands of years. She simply made a choice to be faithful and pursue God with all of her heart. Should that not be our desire as well? Lastly, she was a woman rewarded. Each time Rahab's name is brought up, it comes with the little tag, the harlot, except one place, the lineage of Christ. Her legacy would remain and impact thousands of people. She is a reminder that we too can do great things for God, even if we have had a hard past filled with poor choices and terrible mistakes. God does not judge us according to our past, but according to our present, to the choices we make today. People will always look at our past and it often influences how they may view us, but God doesn't. Maybe that's why he often uses the broken over and over again, we find it's those people with the worst past and the many failures that have done some of the most memorable things, like mentioning five women specifically in the lineage of Jesus Christ, four of which came with a lot of baggage and had problems, Rahab the harlot being one of them, yet her added tag was not there. She was merely Rahab. Our work is never in vain. All that we do in the name of the Lord is valuable and our God keeps track of it all. And one day we will be rewarded for it when we stand before him on the day of judgment. May we keep busy serving him in whatever way that is caring for others and showing the love of God through our deeds to those he brings into our life, no matter how brief a time it may be. One day 
We will stand before our God and give an account for how we lived our life, for how we spent the moments he gave us, because they are a gift. May we not be found wanting on that day, but instead can say to him that we ran our race well, that we have finished our course. And that is all for today, my friends. I pray you have an amazing day and that you will always remember that your past does not determine your future. Today is a new day. God's mercies are new every morning. And each day is a new opportunity to serve him, the one who calls you by name and loves you with an everlasting love. Thank you.